Last week, I shared with all of us a fantastic finish. How do you want to finish? It's not, fill in the blanks again. You remember? It's not how you start. It's how you? Ang galing. Yung iba nandito last week. Yung iba tulog pa rin hanggang ngayon. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. You can have three choices. You can have a fantastic finish, being a faithful servant, and when the time comes, the Lord will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter the joy. Enter the rest of your master. You can have a mediocre finish. Pasang awa, 75. Here in the U.S. today, you don't even have to do anything to receive a prize. That's how bad it is. Here in the U.S., they'll give you a trophy for just joining. Let's not put back the child. The child has not learned anything. Let's not retain the child. Baka masiraan ang loob. Baka madepress. So if the, the child is just being promoted to the next level, to the next level, and the child would graduate, mediocre, doesn't know anything. As far as our Christian walk is concerned, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that whatever we do, whatever foundation we lay, will be tested by fire. And if you build on wood, hay, and stubble, it will be burned up. You yourself will be saved, but only as one escaping the flames. Amoy usok pa. Worse. You can have a disastrous finish. You can have a total loss. When you or anyone you know leaves this earth without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you will have suffered a total loss. It is not that you're going to meet God and there see whether you will pass the test or not. Because 1 John chapter 3, 17 and 18 tells us that if you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you already stand judged. You already stand condemned because you have not believed in God's only Son. So the time for decision making is here and now. In this life, not in the next. And we ask the question, how do you want to finish? Because you have to answer that question for yourself. The decision is yours. Your leaders cannot make that for you. Your spouse cannot make that for you. You have to individually come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we left you with this discussion question for your small groups. If you knew that within the next 30 days, Jesus Christ was coming back, how would you rearrange your life? How would you rearrange your priorities? And I hope you discuss that in your small group. When we discussed that in our small group meeting, all kinds of beautiful answers came up. I'm going to resign from my job and I'm going back to the Philippines because I have so many family members who need to hear the gospel. Praise God. I'm going to first go to my family and then to my workmates and then spend the rest of the number of days with my family. Praise God. Ganda. And then I asked, what if today was your 30th day? Nice if we have the plan. Nice if we have the time to plan. But what if today was your last? 
So shouldn't we always be prepared that today might be the last? That tonight when you go to sleep, maybe the next time you open your eyes, you're with God. I don't know. Nobody knows. So, I'd like to challenge us this morning that we really should finish well. And we should strive to go for the gold. Now, let's have some interaction, all right? Did you watch this? No? What is that? Those of you who are, uh, you know, lovers of music, did you watch this? The Grammy Awards? Okay, my question is this. What does this and this have to do with each other? There's one more. What does this, this, and this man have to do with each other? Let me tell you. In the 56 Grammys Awards, 34 couples got married. I mean, it's a music award, and you have a wedding during one of the musical performances. Oh, pastor, is there anything wrong with getting married? No, there's nothing wrong with getting married. The problem was, the problem is, they were straight couples, there were gay couples. There were lesbian couples. Man, if I watch this, I want to watch about music, right? But you're forcing it down my throat to accept this kind of morality or immorality, however you'd want to look at it. Starbucks. Maybe some of you passed by Starbucks before you came here. My daughter is holding a Starbucks. <laughs> Therefore, in closing, <laughs> Starbucks, Pastor, it's coffee, frappuccino, hot caramel macchiato. What pumpkin spice? What's wrong with Starbucks? Nothing wrong. But do you know what the CEO of Starbucks said? And I want to make it sure. I want to read it. At the Starbucks annual shareholders meeting on Wednesday, this is not the exact date, it was another Wednesday, CEO Howard Schultz sent a clear message to anyone who supports traditional marriage over gay marriage. We don't want your business. And he said in the stockholders meeting, because he was questioned, the question was, our sales are dropping because of the gay, uh, because of our position on the gay, lesbian issue. You know what he said? If you believe in traditional marriage, just sell your shares. Get out of Starbucks. If you believe in traditional marriage, get out of Starbucks. Sell your shares. We don't want you to be a stockholder. Just so happened that they made 38%, which is by no means some small amount. How about Governor Cuomo? 
doesn't look like a Grammy Award winner. He doesn't look like a shareholder of Starbucks. But you know what he said? He said, on public radio, extreme conservatives who are right to life, meaning to say, they, they honor the sanctity of the fetus. Okay? Who are right to life, are okay with guns, because that is your right under the Constitution. If you are anti-gay, the governor himself said, we don't want you in New York. One of the award-winning songs in the 56 Grammys was, it's a rap song by Macklemore. If you read or if you listen carefully to the lyrics, it was again against traditional marriage and pro-gay, wow, lesbian, gay, LB, hindi ko na alam. Oh, yes. L lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Apaka-komplikado. Dati, tatlo lang yun, di ba? What, what did we used to call? Third sex lang. Ngayon, ang dami na, komplikado pa. So what do these three have in common? They're asking, those of us who believe in traditional marriage, first it was to tolerate their lifestyle. And we do, right? What does the Bible tell us to do? Didn't, didn't I share with us yes, last week that we are supposed to love one another? Two weeks ago, a mark of a true Christian, a true disciple, is that you must love one another. Whether that one another is gay, lesbian, or whatever, you're supposed to love that person, right? And we do. We're supposed to embrace them. We're supposed to share Christ with them so that they too may have the opportunity to come to faith. But, is it, but it has evolved that now they're forcing us. They're forcing everyone else to accept it, ram it down our throats. Now, why am I talking about this? Am I trying to be political? No. Am I trying to be, uh, uh, what do you call this? Am I trying to be, uh, well, I'm not trying to be political. Let's leave it at that. Why am I sharing this with you? Let's look at what the Bible says. For the coming of the Son of Man will be like the just just like the days of Noah, for in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Until that day, Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Do you see this? Do you agree that this is happening right here and right now? Therefore, you will agree that the Son of Man is coming soon. Our time is short. And as the song says, my days are few. I offer you everything. Well, God is not doing anything yet. Why? Because we know that in the last days, mockers. Do you agree? The Grammys, Starbucks CEO, and even Governor Cuomo would mock the principles that have been set forth by God in His Word. 
Mockers will come, following after their own lust, saying, Where's the promise of His coming forever since the fathers fell asleep? All continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord the day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about in keeping His promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And he says in Revelation 22, Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. It's a heavy message. It's a serious message. But I would like to start off with a little humor so that you don't fasten your seatbelts and oh, where are we heading for? Bogey, are we okay? Alright. Pay close attention to what he says. statement ain't too bold, but here comes the judge, here comes the judge, here comes the judge, here comes the judge. What did he say? Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. My message for all of us today, the judge is coming. Yes, God loves us. Yes, God loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay for all of our sins. But one day, He is not going to return as a small baby born in a manger. One day, He is coming back as the Lord of glory, as our judge. You see, the scales are level at this time. There's going to be a judgment. And I pray for all of us that we will be on the correct side of that judgment. Because when that judgment is carried out, that's it. If you will join me to please stand and read our passage of Scripture this morning. The judge is coming. One side of the scale will either tip you towards heaven or tip you towards hell. Let's read Matthew 25, 31 to 34. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all His angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a separate separates the sheep from the goats. And He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You may be seated. It's only two choices. It's only two places. It's either you're in heaven or you're in hell. Just two places. And as I mentioned, when Jesus Christ returns, He's going to come in His glory. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all His angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. And what is He going to do? 
He will separate the sheep from the goat. He will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Who knows who the sheep is? Who knows who do the goats are? Only God. So we should stop passing judgment against each other. Ah, that's a Christian. Ah, that's not a Christian. Who knows? Who knows? Only God knows. And He will sit in righteous judgment. And He alone knows who His sheep are, who the goats are. And what's going to happen? He will put one on the right, another on the left. Those who are His sheep will enter eternal life. Those who are goats will what? Go to the eternal punishment that has been prepared since the foundation of the world. You see, you might react to this statement. Everyone has eternal life. Do you agree with the statement? Everyone has eternal life. Everyone. The question is, Everyone has eternal life. But the question is, where will I spend my eternity? Will it be on the right with the sheep and enter into eternal life with God in heaven? Or will it be on the left with the goats and eternal life with the devil? That's the question. You see, when the judge comes, it will only be heaven or hell. But what does God want for all of His creation? He said God is delaying. He is patient with us, waiting for us to repent because He does not want anyone to perish. That's why He gave us His grace as He said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love, which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, what did He do? He made us alive. He made us alive together with Christ. That is why the resurrection is of utmost importance. Because without the resurrection of Christ, we have no hope. We have been crucified with Christ if we have Him as our personal Lord and Savior. And the Bible is telling us one day we will rise with Christ. Why? By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Where is Jesus Christ going to sit? On the right. And if you are raised with Jesus Christ, where will you sit? On the right. Why? So that the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us. In Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works. So that no one should boast. It is only about God's grace. It will never be about anything else. It is only because of God's grace. Something that we get. But we don't deserve. This is all about God. God who is rich in mercy because of His great love saved us. Undeserving as we are, He saved us 
because of his grace. And he's making this available to anyone and everyone. But just because it is by grace. Just because you don't need to do anything else. Just because it is all about God. God warns us. That even if you have heard about the gospel. But if you continue to live a sinful life. Perhaps you are not really a child of God. Because in Hebrews 10 it says. If we deliberately keep on sinning. After we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. And in verse 31, it says, it is a dreadful thing. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Salvation. Is by grace. But the warning is that if you've heard the hurt, if you've already heard the gospel, and you're toying around with the gospel, God said, if you deliberately keep on sinning, deliberately, even after hearing the gospel, and you didn't respond, and instead of coming to faith in Christ, you went the direct opposite way and continued deliberately to sin. My friend, you might be in this verse. Perhaps for you, the only expectation is a fearful judgment because no sacrifice for sin is left. You have turned your back on what Jesus Christ has done for you and faced your sinful life and embraced it. How Dreadful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. But you see, we need faith and we need to believe that God is a rewarder. Because in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder to those who seek Him. See, God loves us and He wants to reward us. What is a reward? Reward. Something given or received in recompense for worthy behavior or retribution for evil acts. Therefore, I'd like to share with you quickly. Rewards of unbelief. Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolat idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. No problem, pastor. I don't kill. I don't steal. Hindi naman ako makukulam. I lie occasionally. Are you there? Anong klaseng lie? White lie lang, pastor. What does it say? All Liars. Where is their place? In the fiery lake of fire and brimstone, which is what? You like to eat double dead? When you go to the palenque, nepak you? you? You go? How much is the pork? 
Ah, 450 a kilo. Is this newly slaughtered? Yes, sir. Maybe double dead. You see the verse? Double dead. The second death. Why is lying bunched together with murder? Why? Because in God's eyes, all sin is what? Sin. All sin is sin. Their place is the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In Revelation 20 verse 10, the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now, who's together with the previous verse? The devil. Yes? Who else is there? Where the beast and the false prophet are also. So I've lied and I died without having Jesus Christ. I'm going to hell. And who's my batchmates? <laughs> Who are my roommates? It's just the devil. Who else? It's just the beast. It's just the false prophet. And what's taking place? They are tormented. They and night forever and ever amen done deal there is no escaping this place and if you're tippy-toeing about your sin whether it is sin in God's eyes or not then friend can you be serious with God please for your sake be serious with your walk with God Aim for the goal. Aim to finish well. And I saw the dead and the great and small standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. Is your name there? See, there are two books. We're used to that. When the BIR comes, you have a different book. <laughs> right? You have a different book. This is the BIR book. This is all the legal stuff. When the BIR is not there, you have another book. This is where the true earnings are. God has two books. One book of life. The other book is not mentioned. What is most important to all of us is that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because if it is not written there, my friend, in Tagalog, tapos na boxing. No more. Done deal. You'll be thrown in the lake of fire if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. How dreadful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. Make sure your name is written there. How do I make sure? You know the word. You know the key. You know the name. Jesus. Only Jesus can bring you to heaven.
It's only Jesus. All you need to do is exercise faith. And even the faith to believe, according to Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, 10, comes from God. You see, the scales, they used to be balanced. But now they're tipped one way. And it's tipping towards death. Because the Bible says in Romans 6.23, what? The wages, plural, of sin, singular, is death. So, do you see it? Do you see the word sin? Some of you cannot see it. Yes? Very small. Why? All it takes is one sin. All it takes is one sin to tip the scale towards death. Now, have any of us committed any sin at all? One sin? Or two na lang? See? The young man is very honest. And because the scales are tipped towards death because one sin, because of one sin, because Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death, then no matter how, how much you give, which church you go to, what religion you are, or how many good works you have, it cannot tip the scale the other way. It cannot tip the scale the other way. Because one sin pays its wage of death. Second death. But we want to encourage you and we want to be encouraging. So if you have faith in Jesus Christ and He's your personal Lord and Savior, brother, sister, you have a reward. Look, five crowns. Hindi yung tansana. Five crowns. First, the imperishable crown. Do you not know that those who run the race, all run the race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate, meaning to say, disciplined in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. This is the human race. This is called the rat race. Well, I step on you just to get ahead. And my price is just for this earth. But Paul writes to the believers in Corinth, but we run to receive an imperishable crown. Do you know that by just a few hours ago that you lost money again? Oh, the value of your money keeps on going down. Your crown, if you lay it up in heaven, will never tarnish, will never fade, will never lose value. Why? Because it is an imperishable crown. So when you and I live our life, we should live our life as I want to finish first. My target is to win the gold. Second crown, the crown of rejoicing. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and His coming? What if when the time comes, God brings us to heaven? And then, this, I, I think this is Peter! Peter! And Peter happens to be someone that I met on the street who was down and out. And I came to him and I encouraged him and I shared the love of God with him. And he placed his faith in Jesus Christ. Will not that be a cause for rejoicing for me? God, here is a soul that you have sent to me. 
And I have bothered. I have taken the time. I have shared your love with this guy. And now he's here in heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. The old hymn says, What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus We'll sing and shout in victory Eh, ikaw, pagdating mo sa langit, wala akong kilala rito ah. Sino itong mga to? Ba't wala kayo sa langit? Boss, nasa impyerno ka. Nakapo! Kaya pala wala kang kilala. That's why you don't know anyone because you thought all the while you're going to heaven when you died. I don't know these people where I'm in hell. Third crown. The crown of righteousness. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but all who have loved his appearing. This was written by Paul at the end of his life. When he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now, because I've done all of that for your glory, you're going to bless me with a crown. The crown of righteousness. And you yourself, my Lord, will put it on me. And not only to me, to everyone who loves and longs his appearing. Do you desire for these re rewards? I hope you do. Fourth crown, the crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Ikaw, wala kang crown. When I was a lot younger, I attended the graduation of my elder brother. So we were just waiting for his name to be called. And in the Ateneo, it's always alphabetical. Right? Uh, Yumol, I think his family name was, uh, uh, let's say, Ike Yumol. Uh, excellent achievement in. He has not even sat him down. Ike Yumol. Eh, Ike Yumol. And then his twin brother, let's say, Peter Yumol. Wow. And I'm not, you know, I don't even know this guy. But just to see this guy getting all of these awards, no, it, uh, wow. Wow. I think they got seven each. That's why the graduation ceremony was very long. It is to your glory that you receive a crown. And it is a praise to our Lord that you receive a crown. Last crown. The reward of faith. The crown of life. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death. And I will give you the crown of life. You see, some preach a feel-good gospel. Everything's good. Come to Christ, you won't have any problems. But that's not what the Bible preaches. Jesus Christ himself said, In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome even this world. So you hear a, a preacher on the radio, on the TV or whatever, and says, you know, 
everything is good, everything is fine. Praise God if everything good, everything fine. But not always. Because if you believe the wrong gospel and all of this good stuff only, you might believe in the wrong gospel. And when negative things happen in your life, when trials and tribulation come, you might raise the fist against God and say, what did you do? Why are you allowing this? Trial and tribulation is part of the Christian life. It's part of it. But the good thing is this. God told us, He assures us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Beloved, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. So everyone is tempted. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But with the temptation, provide a way out. Only children of God can claim that. That escape that God is providing. You see, if you study that verse, God said, he, God didn't say that He's going to remove the temptation. God did not say He's going to remove the tribulation. He said, while you're in the midst of it, I will give you a way out. So I cannot tell God, God, I sinned because you did not give me a way out. God, I sinned because I did not take your way out. Pastor, why, why, why are you trying to tell us that you know, we should go for the gold, go for the gold, go for the gold. Isn't not that kind, you know, your motive is wrong? That you would want us to go for the crowns? That I would have more crowns than so-and-so and so-and-so? Brothers, I'm running against myself. I compete against myself. I don't compete against you. I compete against myself. Because I want to achieve crowns. I want God to be pleased with the life that He has given me. And why? Why go for the crowns? Look at Revelation 9. Re Revelation 4, 9 to 11. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne, and worship him who lives forever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Brother Peter, we didn't talk about your song list, did we? But didn't we sing about you? You see, God is the one putting all of these things together. Why am I encouraging all of us to go for the crowns? Look at the last part. They lay their crowns before the throne and worship, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. 
Yes, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, you are assured a place in heaven. Yes, you will spend eternity with God. But you don't have a crown. You were one of those who was just happy to receive Jesus. What are you going to do in heaven? You will be in heaven, but maybe you're way over the back. Why? Those who have crowns, where will they go? They will go before the feet of Jesus, the throne of Jesus, and lay their crowns as an offering of worship. You see, we only have one thing to do when we're in heaven. That's to worship. You and I have a choice. We worship from afar because we're just saved. But there will be some of us who are saved and have crowns. And they will have the opportunity to come before the throne of Jesus to lay their crowns at His feet. You see, the crowns are not for us. The crowns are given to us so that we may offer them back to the one who paid for our life. So that we can lay them down as an offering of worship. God, I worship you. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou have created all things. And without you, nothing in all creation would have been created. We should go for the crowns, brothers and sisters. Don't be a lethargic Christian. Don't be a mediocre Christian. Finish well. Because then you will have the opportunity to go and go before Jesus and lay your crown in worship. It's your choice. It's your choice. And I strongly encourage all of us, live your life for God. Go for the gold. Aim for the crown so that you will be able to lay these crowns at the feet of our Lord. Remember this? In the same verse it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. So how is it that the scale is now tipped to life? How is it that the scale is now tipped towards heaven? Even if you've lied, even if you've cheated, even if you're immoral, even if you're an idolater, even if you're an adulterer, even if you have unbelief, even if you're a sorcerer, even if you have bitterness, even if you're anger and envy, even if you have lust and pride, even if you're indifferent to people. How can we tip the scale to life if we are guilty of all of these things? The answer The answer is just one drop of the blood of Jesus. Just one drop. Because the blood of Jesus is more than sufficient to pay for all of our sins. And it is only the blood of Jesus that is sufficient to pay for all of our sins. There is nothing in heaven and on earth that is sufficient to pay for our sins. It is only the blood of Jesus. Are you going to heaven? 
If the answer is yes, on what basis? Do you think that you're going to hell? Then you don't need to. Because all it takes is one drop of blood. I want to share with you a song. I, I've heard this song many, many years ago. And I want you to listen to it. And if you have, you know, the, the focus, the words are going to be flashed, but they're flashed quite briefly. So just listen to the lyrics. And as you're listening to the song, you might want to ask God to speak to you and reveal to you any area of your life that needs God. It might be salvation. Today might be the day. Or perhaps as the song goes, perhaps God will tell you, be serious with me. All right? Silence as they were led away. 
one drop of blood. Can be any kind of blood. It can and only should be the blood of Jesus. The blood of the Lamb of God who sacrificed His life to pay for all of our sins. It was expensive. It was precious. It's priceless. But God loves us and wants us to have a personal relationship with Him. And not just any kind of relationship. God doesn't want us to be mediocre Christians. God doesn't want us to be mediocre disciples. God doesn't want us to be mediocre Christ followers. He wants us to be disciplined, serious, steadfast, immovable, and straining towards the crown. The crown that the Lord Himself will lay upon me, and not only me, but to all who have longed His appearing. But more important than that, are you sure that your name is written in God's book of life? Have you come to full faith in Jesus Christ? That Jesus Christ alone can save you. If you're not sure, if you haven't yet come to faith in Jesus Christ, I would like to give all of us the opportunity to do so. If you allow me to ask all of us to close our eyes and bow our heads, Wherever you are in this sanctuary, you have to answer this question. You don't have to live life fearing that when the day comes, you might not go to heaven. God has made provision for that through Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ, you are assured of eternity with God in heaven. But if you have not yet done so or are not sure, why don't you make sure by asking Jesus, Lord God, Lord Jesus, will you please come into my life? Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from the inside out. Make me the kind of Christian that you want me to be. If on the other hand, you already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but you're not serious with your walk, will you speak to God and tell Him that you want to change? You want to live victoriously for Him. You want to live gloriously for Him. You want to be one of those who will receive crowns. And when the time comes, you will be able to lay those crowns at the feet of Jesus in worship. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and in this place. You talk to God.
Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for loving us just as we are. Thank you that through your blood all of our sins are forgiven. Thank you that your, through your sacrifice we who should be dead can have eternal life with you in heaven. Thank you that through the power of your Holy Spirit we can live and run for the prize. God, you have promised that through your Holy Spirit we have power over sin. Allow us, Lord God, to remember every time we're tempted that we have the Holy Spirit and we don't have to sin. Allow us, Lord, to live victoriously for you so that when the day comes that you call us to be in your presence, we hear the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of your master. Be pleased, Lord God, to use the preaching of your word to convict our hearts of sin. Be pleased to use your word, Lord, to change us to be more and more like Christ, in whose name we pray all of these things. Amen.